What up, people? It is Monday, September 5th, Labor Day, actually. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Uh, since the last podcast, a lot has been going on, and I want to start with talking about Rachel Richardson, who is a Duke volleyball player, and she said that during a game against BYU, she was harassed uh, and racial slurs were directed towards her during the game and that uh, someone actually threatened her telling her to watch her back as she goes to the team bus. Uh, after that was released to the media, I think it was posted on social media first and it became a huge story. Uh, but now there doesn't seem to be anyone validating what she has said. Um, Not saying that it did not happen, but there doesn't seem to be any proof that it happened. Uh, A man was identified at the game and he has been banned from BYU games, but uh, BYU officials and authorities said that after reviewing the videotape, they don't think he made the claims or he made the comments at all. Um, Again, not saying that it did not happen, but they're saying that there's no proof that happened. And in my opinion, if Rachel Richardson is lying and made the whole thing up, she needs to be prosecuted. She needs to be removed from the Duke volleyball team. If it's proven to be a lie, she needs to be removed from the Duke volleyball team and prosecuted for um, false statements because this has caused uh, harm to BYU uh, as a university and their volleyball team and the BYU culture. Uh, Now, there have been other people that have come out and said that, uh, minorities that have come out and said what they've experienced at BYU. So it's very possible that it happened, but in this particular case, There doesn't seem to be anyone to corroborate her story. I haven't heard of any of her teammates saying that they heard anything. Um, So the only account is hers. Again, I'm not saying that she's lying. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. But there doesn't seem to be anyone else corroborating this story. And in my opinion, uh, if it is proven that she's lying, she needs to be held accountable simple as that. Um, Then the other huge uh, news over the past few weeks is what's going on with Trump and what happened in Mar-a-Lago and what was found. Um, Dozens and dozens of classified documents uh, were found in Mar-a-Lago. And the disturbing part of all of this, in my opinion, is the fact that um, these documents were not being stored properly. The types of documents that were found uh, classified different levels of classifications, uh, secret documents. Um, There were empty folders of, there were folders classified as uh, secret documents and 
things like that that were empty. They didn't have any documents in there. It was just empty folders uh, with highly classified on them. So what happened to that information? Um, and the fact that people try to compare what Trump has done to what Hillary did. Uh, I did some research on the Hillary Clinton email scandal. And basically what that was about was Hillary had um, her official government email address and she had a private email address with the private server at her house. And there were times where she communicated with her staff from that private email address. Um, So it was not going outside of communication with her and her staff. And a lot of things that they discussed uh, were not specifically classified uh, documents or they didn't have a classification on them, the majority of them. And when the staff needed to discuss something of a more sensitive nature, in the emails it specifically said we need to move this over to the private uh, government issued email address to discuss because that's more uh, private and secure. And there were a couple of emails they said were uh, could have been deemed classified or had some classified information, but it was just information between or communication between her and her staff. Now, and it was deemed that she didn't do anything malicious. Now, what Trump has done is there's proof that he destroyed documents uh, because his staff had to try to take them back up. There's actual proof that he boxed up documents, removed them from the White House, and had them shipped to Mar-a-Lago. So he purposely moved these documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department had asked for this information back on multiple occasions, and on multiple occasions they were given some documents, but not everything, of course, and then had to be subpoenaed to get everything back. And even Trump's lawyer signed off saying that the Justice Department had everything. Then they got the subpoena and raided Mar-a-Lago and got more documents. So uh, Trump's legal team is going to be in trouble for lying to the Department of Justice about having everything. Uh, And one of the most disturbing things with all of this is it is documented that on July 31st of 19, uh, Trump spoke to Putin. On 8-3 of 19, Trump issued a request for a list of the top uh, U.S. spies. On 10-5 of 21, the CIA admits of losing dozens of informants uh, just all of a sudden. And then on 8-26 of this year, so just last month, uh, in the raid at Mar-a-Lago, it found that there were documents uh, that could compromise human intel. So basically the spies. Uh, I think it is very likely that he has given a list of spies to other countries because there has been a recent uh, increase in human intel coming up missing or uh, arrested 
or killed. Um, so it's, it's very likely that information has been compromised and is out there. And that would definitely be against the law. So my opinion is he will be indicted probably somewhere after the midterms uh, as to not have an impact on the upcoming elections. Uh, I do think that he's going to be indicted. That is my hope, at least. Um, And also, if that is the case, my hope is that as much as I don't like the Republican Party and I don't like what they stand for, my hope is that they move on from him and his way of thinking back to what they previously were. And you can just discuss the differences between policy. But at this point, it's a difference between morality uh, or not. So if he's indicted, there's going to be uh, an issue. And speaking of that, Lindsey Graham made a comment on Fox News that uh, if Trump is indicted, there'll be Republicans will riot in the streets. He's probably right, but for a sitting congressman to say that without denouncing it is an issue, and he should lose his job. Um, But then went on Fox News two days later and said that's not what he said. Those were his exact words, but he tried to add more context to it and said that what he meant was if Trump was indicted and he's found to be his crime is found to be similar to what Hillary Clinton did in 2016 and she wasn't indicted but he is there's going to be riots in the street he just said that the first time and also I just explained why those two things are not the same what Hillary Clinton email issue was and what he's done they're nowhere in the same vicinity Uh, but for sitting congressman to bring up violence and he's not the only one that did that uh, is problematic and I just in the past three well six years um, what we require from our politicians uh, the decorum and the standards we normally held our politicians to has declined over the past six years we have Politicians that openly mock women. Uh, Matt Gates got into a Twitter war and body shamed a 19-year-old. You know, it's just the moral compass for our politicians are zero, and it's getting worse. Um, what we, the standards we used to require from them, they are public service, they work for us. Um, We have lowered the bar for these people and it has become commonplace for them to disrespect their constituents, openly disrespect their constituents, um, call them names, body shame, um, degrade, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, this weekend, 
Trump had a rally again. And it was another life field hour or so uh, where he openly stated in this rally just this past weekend that Mark Zuckerberg came to the White House the week before, so two weeks ago, to kiss his ass and wanted to work with him. And the crowd cheated. Um, this dude had been in the White House for almost two years. So it's highly unlikely that Mark Zuckerberg came to the White House and met with him personally two weeks ago. And the fact that he said this in the rally and people cheered as if it's true is astounding. And it just shows where we are as a country. And the fact that this cult is so void and disconnected from reality, um, I don't think they'll ever get back to reality. They are so focused on the person. And the irritating part is even this fool tweeted out that 81 million people could not have voted for Biden because you never see any paraphernalia, any flags or hats or anything. And why is that a measuring stick of supporting for a politician? I don't... I've never bought merchandise of someone I voted for. I've never had a bumper sticker because I don't worship these people like they worship Trump. This dude, I'm not a huge Biden fan. Now, I think Biden has done some good stuff over the past few months. But overall, I wasn't a fan of his. Uh, I didn't vote for him in the primaries. But what people fail to remember is that these politicians work for us. I don't worship a politician like they worship Trump. And he's there to do a job, uh, and that's it, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But trying to measure someone's popularity by paraphernalia is just ridiculous. Um, But he has so many gullible supporters. And the hypocrisy, which I talk about the hypocrisy almost every podcast. Um, Biden had a a conflict. Uh, he had a public meeting. I can't even think of the word for it. It wasn't a rally, but uh, an address. He had a, an address the other night, which I didn't see all of it, but. He specifically, finally called out the MAGA Republicans. And he specified he kept his comments just to the ones in Congress that held office and how they still, almost two years later, are election deniers. Uh, Their ridiculous policies. Uh, And he just spoke very frankly and honestly about the state uh, that our democracy is in jeopardy. And if we allow these right-wing, far-right, ultra-magazine jobs to continue to uh, gain control of politics, we're in trouble. Our country will be in trouble because they are extreme and they are detached from reality. And the fact that... um, 
he spoke honestly and passionately about that and called them out specifically. Now they're clutching their pearls. Uh, I can't believe he spoke like that. And my thing is this. If it doesn't apply to you, why are you mad? He didn't generalize and say all Republicans. He spoke to that particular segment of Republicans. So if you're upset about that, you must be included in that group. They say only hit dogs holler. So if the shoe fits, you know, wear it. Um, also, over the past couple of weeks, the Biden signed off on the student loan forgiveness for $10,000 or up to $20,000, depending on the type of student loan you got. And Republicans had a fit. And again, you talk about helping working class people. This will help working class people, but yet you are against it. And talking about how taxpayers will end up paying for this student debt relief. And it's not necessarily true. Um, but you have no problem with bailing out billionaires, bailing out Wall Street, all of these large corporations that don't pay their fair share of taxes. You have no issue with that, but when it comes to helping out working class people and not eliminating their student debt altogether, capping it at 20000 at the most, depending on the type of loan you got. This is just some help for people. It's not eliminating all of their debt unless it's below that cap. Uh-oh. But yet the same Republicans that are bitching over student loan forgiveness had millions and millions of PPP loans forgiven. And I like whoever is responsible for the White House's Twitter and Facebook page because they started to call these Republicans out. And some of them have had a million dollars of PPP loans forgiven or you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of PPP loans forgiven. Well, yeah, you don't complain about that. So it's just the constant hypocrisy is, is, is sickening. And then I hear them talk about Nancy Pelosi and uh, insider trading possibilities and things like that. Again, if Nancy Pelosi is found to have been, um, has been a part of insider trading, prosecute her. Hunter Biden's laptop. If Hunter Biden did something wrong, prosecute him. I have zero issue saying that Democrat or Republican, if they're found to truly have done something wrong, you have proof of that, prosecute them. Prosecute everybody. Nobody is above the law. But it's hard for the other side to say that about their own without pointing a finger and saying with no proof. So with this, all of this Mar-a-Lago stuff going on, you constantly hear about Hillary Clinton and her emails that she wasn't prosecuted. There's a reason she wasn't. It's not like she got away. There were definitely investigations of that, multiple investigations of her email usage. It found out that she was negligent, but she didn't do anything intentionally, and it wasn't anything done that would affect national security like this fool has done. Um, and then Texas is always in the news, but one thing I found interesting 
over the past couple of weeks was there's a man by the name of George Dawson. Uh, he was he became popular at the age of 98 when he learned how to read and write for the first time at 98 years old. He had joined a literacy program where he learned to read and write. So he became popular and known for that. And he actually has a middle school not far from me named after him, uh, George Dawson Middle School in uh, South Lake Carroll area. And South Lake Carroll has been in the news a lot. Their school district has been in the news a lot uh, recently. That's another story. But George Dawson wrote a book, him and a co-writer wrote a book called Life is Good. And it was published when he was 103. And the book talks about his life and growing up in the early 1900s. And the first chapter of the book talks about him as a kid where his best friend was uh, accused of raping a white woman. And he was publicly lynched. And he describes watching his friend get lynched. Well, the Carolina SD said that uh, that's too, that's not appropriate for our kids to read and wanted to ban the book in the school that's named after him. Um, eventually they came to a consensus that the book could stay, but it could only be taught uh, if it's instructor-led. So basically the first chapter would be would not be actually read by the students, but I'm assuming um, narrated or uh, discussed by the instructor or the teachers without basically reading it word from word. I guess they would paraphrase that disturbing chapter to the students to make sure they get the point across, but they don't have to actually read the words. And the fact that these are actual events that actually happen. We are once again trying to stifle actual history and rewrite actual history. It's like now all of a sudden they want to coddle a certain segment of students and basically shield them from what actually happened. And the fact that if you don't actually learn history, you're bound to repeat it. So by hiding true history from people and they don't really know what happened, that's how you repeat it. Um, you know, I get tired of hearing that, like with racism specifically, if you don't talk about it, it'll go away. How will it go away? It's still there because you haven't talked about it or dealt with it. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Don't talk about it. It doesn't exist. That's just ridiculous because they're not the ones experiencing it. That leads me to microaggressions. And I've been seeing a lot of videos on social media, TikTok, things like that, with um, just, it seems like an increase in microaggressions. And just a couple of examples. Um, A lady was shopping at Walmart, and she was trying to leave, and she was accused of stealing from Walmart. Police were called on her. They came. Of course, she didn't steal anything. Uh, The store was wrong. 
and they called the police on her. They were proven wrong, but then they trespassed her from the store and say she's not allowed to come back to the store ever again. And she didn't do anything wrong. Um, videos of a man, I just saw this this morning. A uh, video of a man who was at a restaurant. His food was cold when it was served to him. He asked for his money back. They called the police on him for asking for his money back. Um, you know, just minorities not being allowed into places because they have a right to re- refusal. Uh, just all kind of microaggressions, and I faced them myself. When you see, especially in restaurants, where you see uh, someone being treated better than you are, and you know, when it comes to you, they have attitude or you just don't get the same level of service and that always affects the tip Uh, but I think in my opinion what's going to happen is especially the closer we get to the midterms and if a certain group of people feel like they are losing their power or uh authority those type of things will continue to happen if they especially if they feel like they have something over you so for instance if they if you're in a restaurant and they do have a right to refuse service i think we'll see a lot more of that uh in the near future because that's one thing they can get over you that's one way they thing they have over you So I think we'll continue to see these microaggressions grow um, as we get closer to the midterms and after. And it's annoying because you don't really feel like you have any recourse other than not patronizing that particular store or restaurant um, and maybe blast them on social media or something like that. But it still feels like, you know, they got something over on you. And a lot of times, you know, you haven't done anything wrong, but yet you suffer the consequences of that. So microaggressions suck, um, but it's just something we have to deal with. And you have to be specific in the way you deal with it, too, because you can't come across as the angry black person. That's what they want you to do. You know, it, it, they gaslight. They accuse you of all this stuff. Call the police. They remain calm, but you know you're being falsely accused of something. And, of course, you get upset. That's the natural inclination is to be upset over being falsely accused of something. But yet, when you do that, now you're the angry black person and that's held against you as well uh, most of the times when we're the victim we still seem like the perpetrator because that's how we're treated and then uh, there's a story about a young man named Daniel Campbell in New York and Daniel Campbell was driving his Honda Pilot with nine other people in his car and he actually hit an 18-year-old college student uh, and killed him. And this dude, a 
only got probation. Well, he only got community service. Um, he killed an innocent 18-year-old person, and he left the scene after he hit this dude. He had multiple driving infractions and tickets and uh, wrecks prior to him uh, killing this 18-year-old young man. Uh, just previously, five months earlier, he had he caused a head-on collision with another vehicle while driving the wrong way down a one-way street. He's had his license suspended. Again, he's only 20 years old. He's had his license suspended. He's had multiple uh, driving infractions like running, red lights, um, speeding, all kinds of things. And only sentenced to community service. And of course, he's a young white dude with parents that have connections. And the person he hit was an immigrant. And now, of course, the the victim's family, they hired an attorney and there's probably going to be a civil suit. But with this dude's driving record, he's known as a driving menace. That's kind of the nickname he was given due to all of the infractions he had um, at such a young age. But just giving community service for murder and leaving the scene of the accident. It's just crazy. Uh, So hopefully this family gets justice. Um, and then I'll touch on I've had two fantasy football drafts over the past few days uh, the one that the league I personally run with my family and friends um, I felt was a really good draft I ended up getting the highest draft grade which was an A- in the league but that's happened several times before and I ended up you know, not winning so it is good for bragging rights for right now but it's all based on how, you know, your players play uh, throughout the year. But it's just a fun thing to kind of brag about that I got the highest draft score. Uh, my second fantasy draft was on Saturday. I think that one went fairly well, too, so I'm good with that. And I have a third one tomorrow. And that's with uh, some work people, so that should be pretty fun, too. So ready to get the football season started. Uh, so to give me something to do for the next four or five months. And then this week's verbal middle finger goes to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, A week or so ago, he held a press conference where he announced that uh, 20 ex-felons were arrested for voter fraud in the 2020 election uh, by his Office of Election Crime Force. He had this big press conference with police behind him and people from his task force behind him, and he was very proud of that. But the problem is, these 20 people, when they were released, uh, they were told that they could vote. They were sent voter registration cards. They filled them out. It went to the supervisor of elections office, and they were sent an actual voter registration card. So in all accounts, they thought they could vote. It was nothing malicious done um, for all 20. All 20 people were told that they were eligible to vote. So this is backfired. He did this for a political stunt because there's a town in Florida where a bunch of retirees um, voted twice for Trump on purpose. And I think they were prosecuted, but you don't see how 
it wasn't highly publicized like this was. And this is backfiring on him because it's coming out proof that all of these people were sent voter registration cards. So if you receive a voter registration card, you assume that whoever signed off on it and issued it did their due diligence to make sure that you're eligible to vote. So all of those charges will be dropped, but the fact that they even had to go through this for a political stunt is ridiculous. That's why Ron DeSantis is the worst, and he gets the middle finger um, that he deserves. And I don't have a quote for this week. You know what my quote for this week is? Keep your head up. Keep praying God loves you. Um, Don't take everything too seriously and live life to the fullest because tomorrow is not promised. So with that, I'm going to end it for this week. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace.